0: Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbalay, and today, this is a listener-requested topic that I'm actually going to split in half. There'll be a part one and a part two. The topic can be best summarised as follows. Why rap? This was a question that was put to me by two Short Funk listeners, Rich Murphy and Dave Falkenberg, when I met up with them a couple of weekends ago. It was a couple of Sundays ago. Their question primarily revolved around the Short Funk recordings associated with the art of rap. And... Their perspective also came from the fact that they didn't feel like rap was anything that was musically accessible to them. Maybe it was past their, you know, prime musical listening, musical absorbing time. But from their perspective, it seemed like a curiosity that I had a particular interest in early rap. When I was 13, I came to Los Angeles. I came to Los Angeles because my father was at UCLA and I came to stay with him for a month. Through the nature of his work and also just who my father is... I was put into summer school for three out of four of the weeks that I stayed with my father. And in summer school, I was surrounded by African-American students. There were a good number of Latino students as well. But the folks that hung out with me and the folks that found me particularly interesting and befriended me were all African-American boys. And these folk were some of the closest friends I ever made in the shortest period of time. They took me under their wing... They instructed me about a variety of things. They explained their lives. They were, I guess, a group of folk that I never would have had any interaction with if it had not been through these circumstances. Earlier on, I had started getting various microcosms of rap music. Tone Loke, the musical performer, had entered my musical interest. I had some background interest associated with what I later realized was Eric B and Rakim. But these kind of things were very difficult to get into Australia. Australian music was very well defined. It's very well defined associated with the American pop music and European and British pop music that came into Australia. But also it was well defined associated with what you were supposed to listen to. And I think this also occurred in the US as well. Rap was so completely out of field in the early 90s in Australia that it was almost cultish. And because I had been to Los Angeles and because I had some records I purchased in Los Angeles and because I continued to follow it with that degree of passion, really rap was my own thing. When I got to high school, I realized that there was a small group of guys who listened to Run DMC, who dressed slightly differently. And for them, rap was, you know, their thing as well. But I didn't have much contact with them and I certainly didn't affiliate with them so early on. I had a wide variety of different rap tapes and, you know, bits and pieces of rap music that I'd collected. And in the school playground, in kind of mid-high school, years eight, nine, for example. This enabled me to exchange albums and things with other folk, but I had well more than they had. In large part because I was relatively obsessive about finding various albums and working through things, which could be quite costly in Australia, actually. A good amount of my lawn mowing money went towards buying CDs. Well, tapes as they were then. Contemporary rap music is nothing like the rap music of two decades ago. In fact, it is so completely alien that I think it's actually a different musical form. There are limited connections, but contemporary rap music is very much about a group of record executives surfing YouTube, finding folks that have gotten a high number of hits, and then signing them to their record labels. The nature of production, in particular the heavy culture associated with DJing and sampling, is no longer there. The lyrical witticism and the fact that most rappers were typically in their mid-twenties before they got commercial album success, which is the theme of two decades ago, is no longer the case. Record executives will sign 16-year-olds that have very limited vocabularies, have very limited life experience, and basically produce PAP. When you have groups like Public Enemy, X-Clan, Run DMC, obviously NWA, these kind of groups produced music that was so heavily sampled, so heavily layered upon, so heavily representing musical forms that I'd had limited exposure to in Australia. That it created an environment, a culture that I could feel as my own. In the next recording, I'm going to talk a little bit about the technical aspects of rap. But this seems a good opportunity to conclude part one of this discussion. Tom Barbeling in San Jose, signing out.